Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on this here program, uh, I, my friends would like to keep my promise to Cornelius, who will apparently be the only person who can come on the program to talk about this issue, who can restrain temper. So we're going to go here. Cornelius, thank you for being patient with me. How you doing? Um, I, can you just give me a minute just to address two issues with the um, security and the gun right? Go for it. That they're talking about. First, you know, I have a criminal justice degree, a bachelor's, and I've studied police studies and mass shootings, and I'm currently taking my master's. And if you study criminal justice, the history of security, if you like the courthouses, back in the 70s and early 80s, they had some courthouse shootings. And now you can't remember the last time you've heard of a courthouse shooting. So it's very simple. We just do the schools like we do the courthouses. Um, There is more than one way in and out, but the security is is very good so that'll end the school shootings right there and the number two they need to with all this gun right stuff 87 percent of crimes committed with a gun were purchased illegally only 13 percent was legally purchased so I, I i was working in the jail one time and i heard two inmates talking about gun laws and gun rights and one inmate turned to the other inmate and said if they make guns illegal, I can double my prices in the streets. That that was his solution. His solution wasn't that if they make guns illegal, now what am I going to do? I'm going to be out of work. No, he actually thought I can make more money because now I can sell my guns even higher. This is all in books. It's, this is nothing new. They know this, but they keep they keep interviewing people that that don't know criminal justice, that have not studied it, and I also feel that all police officers, I know they're good, they're doing their job, and we need them. But they need more training. Once they get hired, they should do a two-year course in criminal justice. Because, I mean, what I learned in the four years, you, it, it, you really need this. So once you hire them out of the academy, then they should do more and more training. Because it's, this, this is just not going to work like this. The security must be like the courthouse. Just when the last time you heard of somebody going to the courthouse and shooting up some judges and lawyers and you, it's been years. Mm-hmm. Why can't we do the schools like that? Well, it's simple. It's, mean, not, it's, it's no rocket science in this thing. I agree. 
And what's what's so amazing is that when you say these sorts of things, the left says, "Oh, well, you want to build prisons? Um, does your most courthouses are architecturally significant buildings? They don't look like prisons, and yet they've restrained uh, the ingress and egress to the building." Um, it, it, it's it's I, I'm I'm actually I I genuinely am I'm flabbergasted, flummoxed. It's bizarre to me the the whole concept of we we can't dedicate money to refinagle architecturally structurally the schools to have multiple points of exit and only one point of entrance I, i'm and, and they keep coming up with excuses and, and and their excuses are well what about portable buildings okay what about portable let let's consider the options with portable buildings Let's do that. What can we do? But what I know to be true is that you're not going to get gun control. You're not going to get it through the Senate. You got to have 60 votes. You don't have 60 votes. So what are you going to do? Well, you're going to try to increase your margins in the Senate well, so here's a problem. You, you know one state that's very gun-friendly that doesn't support a lot of gun regulation? Is the, it, that's the state of Nevada. The current senator for Nevada is behind her Republican opponent, Adam Laxalt. If she votes for more gun control, she's going to lose her Senate seat. And she can't get it through the Senate right now anyway. I, it is a telling, telling thing to me that Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, was willing to force a, a vote on expansive abortion rights, but has not been willing to force a vote on gun control. That should tell you right there that the polling is not what it seems for gun control. Chuck Schumer was willing to force a vote on expansive abortion rights in the Senate, but not gun control. Why is that, you think? Well, one of the reasons is because the headwinds, they are a-changing. One Nation, a nonprofit group aligned with Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, is gearing up for $43 million summer spending blitz targeting five competitive Senate seats. The biggest target is Georgia. The GOP effort to wrest back the seat from Raphael Warnock will get more than $7 million or 40% of the spend. $43 million is a substantial sum to drop before Labor Day, the final leg of campaigning. It adds to the more than $141 million the group's sister super PAC, the Senate Leadership Fund, has booked through the fall. One nation will also target Arizona, Nevada, New Hampshire, and Wisconsin. George's Warnock is considered one of the cycle's most vulnerable Senate incumbents. He will face Herschel Walker, the University of Georgia football great who won the state's Republican Senate primary on Tuesday. One nation's foray into New Hampshire represents a new offensive front. There's been That's been considered a safer Democratic seat. Senate leadership fund has not booked airtime in the race. Majority Forward, the nonprofit arm of the Democratic Senate Majority PAC, is active in some states, including New Hampshire. It's going to spend $3.6 million in Wisconsin on top of the $2.7 million in digital and broadcast ads already. They're starting to make their move. 
they're starting to make their move. The Democrats are. And the Republicans are. And the Republicans have more money. The Republicans have more enthusiasm. So one of the lessons from the primaries on Tuesday night, particularly in Georgia, uh, there's way more Republican enthusiasm. Not only is there way more Republican enthusiasm, uh, but uh, just statistically and and on a data-oriented basis, the Republicans are looking to make real inroads in states around the country. And it's 10 more races in the House have shifted toward the GOP. So Arizona 4, Greg Stanton is the Democratic incumbent has shifted from likely Democrat to just leans Democrat. That's a shift towards the right. Young Kim is a Republican in California, 40. Um, it's gone from likely R to lean R. That means it's shifted towards the Democrats. Mike Levin in California, 49, has shifted towards the Republicans. It's still lean Democrat, but that's a drift towards the GOP. Joe Courtney, a Connecticut 2 district, that went from being solid Democrat to likely Democrat. Johanna Hayes from Connecticut went from likely Democrat to lean Democrat. That means it's headed towards the right. If it goes, so essentially it's solid and then likely and then lean for the Democrats. So you get a solid Democratic seat. If it moves from solid to likely, that means it's starting to get more Republican. If it means from likely to leans, that means it's even more Republican. And then it goes to toss up. Uh, Lauren Underwood, a Democrat in Illinois, has gone from lean Democrat to likely Democrat. That actually shifts towards the Democrats. Minnesota 1 is now considered a solid Democratic seat. Nevada 1, Dina Titus, has gone from leans Democrat to toss-up. Kurt Schrader of Oregon has gone from lean Democrat to toss-up. Pennsylvania 1 has gone from likely Republican to solid Republican with Brian Fitzpatrick. Pennsylvania 7 has gone from toss-up with Susan Wilde, the Democrat, to lean Republican. And Pennsylvania 10, Scott Perry, the Republican, has gone from likely Republican to solid Republican. Means that 10 seats have shifted towards the GOP in just the last week. Kurt Schrader's the most interesting one. Kurt Schrader is the incumbent Democrat from Oregon. That's the Portland, Oregon suburbs. Bend, Oregon area. And Kurt Schrader was endorsed by Joe Biden. Joe Biden threw his weight behind Kurt Schrader, and Kurt Schrader was tossed by Democratic voters, progressive Democratic voters. And you know what happens? That district is suddenly a toss-up because the Republican nominee is a moderate And now Kurt Schrader is replaced on the ballot by a far-left progressive. Let me read you the Cook Political Report write-up. Despite a ballot barcode debacle delaying final results from Clackamas County until June, it's clear progressive challenger Jamie McLeod Skinner will defeat seven-term Blue Dog Representative Kurt Schrader. Although she blambasted Schrader as a pawn of corporate PACs obstructing the Biden-Pelosi agenda, redistricting was a huge factor. McLeod Skinner took 71% of the vote in Bend, part of the whopping 53% of the 5th Congressional District, new to Schrader. Republicans nominated former Happy Valley Mayor Lori Chavez de Reamer, 
who owns a chain of medical clinics with her husband. Republican strategists can't wait to portray McLeod Skinner, a Medicare for all Green New Deal backer, as too far left for a Biden plus nine seat. McLeod Skinner has a grassroots army and will emphasize her wildfire recovery as a city manager to build a rural populist appeal akin to John Tester, but it's a toss-up seat. Think about that. This is a D plus nine district. It means a generic Democrat should get 9% more than the Republicans on the ballot. And it's become a toss-up. That is how bad it has become for the Democrats. Or consider Susan Wilde. It's the Lehigh Valley, the, the Allentown, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania area. Susan Wilde is the Democrat. It now leans Republican. Republican Coatings manufacturing executive Leslie Schiller's decision to largely ignore her primary opponent, education IT consultant Kevin Dillicker, nearly cost her the GOP primary, but she prevailed 51-49 and will take her $1.1 million war chest into the fall's rematch against Susan Wilde, who's got $2.4 million cash on hand. In 2020, Wild beat Scheller 52-48. This time, redistricting gives Scheller the the boost. It's a court-appointed map. It adds Carbon County to Lehigh Valley. Carbon County is a deep red district or or county in Pennsylvania. The seat has gone from a Biden plus five district to a Biden plus six-tenths of a percent district. Had the race played out along these lines, Scheller would have one last time. The Democrats are doomed. Democrats are doomed. The reality is Democrats are convinced abortion and guns are winning issues. I started to say killer issues for them. Well, it's those two, but winning issues for them. They, they think they're, they think they're winning issues. In their bubble of coastal elites, they're winning issues because the coastal white elite love those issues. Nobody else does. Nobody else cares about those issues. And they don't understand that because their bubble of, of, of people who tell them what the world thinks are also in that bubble with them. So they don't understand. And, and meanwhile, the environment is trending away from them. It is notable. It is very notable that Chuck Schumer was willing to put on the ballot in the Senate, I shouldn't say on the ballot, a vote in the Senate, a vote for all-encompassing abortion on demand until birth, and will not do the same with guns. That tells you everything you need to know about how Democrats behind the scenes really see the issue. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. And I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, More importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, You can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, 
You can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it. And I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member Fin. Ray Liotta has died. The Goodfellas actor uh, died unexpectedly, 67 years old. Uh, He was in the Dominican Republic shooting the movie Dangerous Waters. He died in his sleep. Uh, He was uh, Henry Hill in Goodfellas. He also was Shoeless Joe Jackson in Field of Dreams. Uh, He was in the movies Blow, Killing Them Softly, The Place Beyond the Pines, Marriage Story. Um, He also was in the Sopranos prequel movie, The Many Saints of Newark. A lot of people shocked to hear him having passed away. He was also in what was the, uh, he was in an ad for some vodka or something recently. Um, Yep, passed away. That's that's just hitting the wires here. Um, Prayers for his family. My goodness. Um, all right, we got to move on to other stuff at the bottom of this hour, my friend, and she is a friend, uh, Kellyanne Conway. She's going to join me. She has a new book out, um, uh, her time in the Trump white house and so much more, um, about her life. A lot of it making tabloid headlines. I want to talk to her about that and so much more. So stick around with me at the bottom of the hour as I interview Kellyanne Conway, about her book. Uh, I also want to tell you that there's a parental uprising coming, and I'm going to spend some time on this parental uprising. Because uh, in Monroe County, Georgia, now, if you're not in Georgia, you don't know where it is. It's the county um, by me. It is a conservative county, but the parents really have never been all that engaged and paying attention to when it comes to school boards. Well, after all the critical theory and all the the woke stuff that's happened in school boards, uh, parents have had an uprising. Voters basically threw out the Board of Education and put in a uh, conservative board. They sent a majority of the board uh, basically threw out all the people who had deep ties to public ed- education, put parents on board. And the parents uh, have been pretty aggressive in their opposition to a lot of the liberalism that they're seeing in schools. And even there, the school superintendent, quite liberal. In fact, the school superintendent harassed a kid in, in that school system because the kid's parent is the publisher of the local newspaper, and the newspaper has a conservative bit to it. That gives you an idea of what they're dealing with. Parents are fed up had an uprising. This is happening around the country. In Arkansas, any Republican who opposed school choice lost on the ballot in their primary on Tuesday. Uh, They haven't really even, those school choice advocates haven't paid that much attention to Georgia. That's coming. And you're going to see a major wipeout of 
Democrats and progressives on school boards, even in urban areas around the country like Austin, Texas, uh, parents are throwing progressives off of school boards in this huge uprising because they are really, really tired about the wokes and they're really, really tired about the um, they're really tired about the critical theory stuff and the racism in schools. They're they're fighting mad now and they're standing up. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I want to go to the phones real quick. We're waiting for Kellyanne Conway. She's been held up um, and will be with me momentarily. And until I get to her, I want to talk to Arlene. Welcome to the program, Arlene. How are you? Fine, Eric. How are you? I want to thank you for the great reporting on the Texas shooting today. Thank you. And I took I took your advice, and I was a poll worker. But I have a question. Mm-hmm. There are over ten million Georgians, and I want to know what can we do because only about a million plus voted. So what can we do? I live in Clayton County, and I worked the polls. It was very good. So can you give us some hints on how we can get more voters to come out in the November election? Yes. Okay. So one of the things we got to keep in mind is that um, we we got a situation where a lot of people choose not to vote in primaries because they don't see themselves as either Republican or Democrat. So they don't vote in the primary. Uh, There are 7,004,034 active registered voters in Georgia. Uh, 95% of the population in Georgia that could be registered to vote is registered to vote. Um, And so we get about 60 to 70 percent of those people who turn out and vote. Um, Honestly, um, it's voter awareness. A lot of people, though, they they don't want to vote because they've gotten very cynical on politics. They don't think it matters. Uh, Occasionally, you have high water marks and and churn of voters who want to be involved. But some people just don't want to vote. Uh, they're, they're automatically registered to vote when they get their driver's license and they, they, they don't like politics. They don't like the politicians. They want nothing to do with it. And, and staying home in our country is a form vote. In Australia, they're forced to go vote. You get fined if you don't go vote. I kind of like our way where if you don't want to be involved, frankly, I think too many people who are stupid vote anyways. <laughs> so, so let people stay home if they don't want to. They're the smart ones, I guess. Uh, but thank you for getting involved. You know, I've been telling people, just go learn the process. Be a poll worker. Serve your state. Volunteer to be a poll worker or a poll watcher for a party. And we all improve the system together. So thank you for taking my advice and doing that. Now, I got, you know, the, the great thing about going into national syndication is I, I, I am not compelled to to bring authors on there. So the number of people who write a book and want to get on the program is is insane and i get to tell them all no now but when you're a friend of mine and you've written a book i'm very happy to bring you on uh particularly when you have done so much for this country for so long and frankly have been smeared along the way by so many people uh when if they knew how wonderful you were uh they would all adore you and uh vengeance is great when you got the best seller in the country it just so happens my friend kellyanne conway has the best seller in the nation right now uh here's the deal is the name of the book and she's joining me by phone kellyanne how are you well, thank you, Eric. I didn't even know that. So thanks for, <laughs> thanks for telling me. Yeah, I mean, so you know I, how I, that I'm, is to be on I'm top. looking on Amazon. You've got a number one bestseller cool. flag for, for political books in the country. So congratulations. Okay, cool. We'll um, take it. Let's, let's bring it home on your show, too. I think people are going to love this book. 
I think so. Uh, so I got it the other, I, I guess two days ago, uh, I got my copy. It's, it's okay. First of all, I gotta be honest with you. I, I didn't know what this was. Like, did I get like this encyclopedia or something? This is a big book. You, you, you had a it's lot a to say. It's a 500 page book. It's a big baby. It's worth the cost. Certainly. It's a good beach read. Good father's day gift. Come well, on, yeah, you know, okay. So it's funny. I'm going to the beach uh, day after tomorrow and I've there already go. got it. So I've started reading it. Um, <laughs> so I want to talk to you about this, but I, I want to step back first and get the larger picture from you. We are seeing all of these people sweep into office in Washington who their entire mission is to undo everything you guys did. And the result is instability in the Middle East, instability in Europe, instability in the stock market, instability in the economy, inflation. Um, it, 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 some people out there should look at this as a testament to actually the really good things that happened for four years. Indeed. And I can't help but that it's less ideological and more just based on spite as a governing philosophy for the Biden-Harris man-made disaster of a, of a White House, Eric, why? Well, because why would you just kill the Keystone Pipeline on day one if it weren't out of spite? It can't be rational or logical. It doesn't even seem ideological because it's 42,000 jobs, it's 800,000 barrels a day. That's before we're facing $5 a gallon gas prices. That's before Putin's invaded Ukraine. That's before inflation is, is hurting people on basically every consumable good. I mean, these are everyday necessities. In Joe Biden's America, babies are hooked up to, infants are hooked up to tubes trying to get basic nutrition in hospitals. 107,000 people are dying of overdose deaths. So you've got crisis and chaos everywhere we look. To, to coin a few, a few terms that we heard all too often in our White House, everywhere I look, there's cases and chaos and crisis. And Eric, American people are very smart. They see this, the polls reflect it. You have majorities of Republicans and independents and a good, healthy plurality of Democrats disapproving of the job they're doing on all these core issues for one fundamental reason. They're willing to give Joe Biden a chance. They're willing to say, this is America. Sometimes we hit a bump, but things will get better. We're hopeful. We're optimistic. We're resilient. Actually, what people are saying is more fundamental. They're saying it's not that it will get better. It's that it was better. It was much better not that long ago. And I want that back. And they're looking at the policy prescriptions that worked. The other thing about this White House that is so mind-numbing, unlike Bill Clinton and his White House and Barack Obama and his White House, they faced those grievous losses in the fall of 1994 and in the fall of 2010 and admitted it. Eric, they saw it mm -hmm. coming. They knew it was coming. And then they said, course correction, we made a mistake. We're not listening close enough. We got a shellacking. I'm not saying their policies got that, that much better, but I think there was a little bit of a course correction. There's nothing of the sort coming out of this White House. I've never heard them say, we were wrong, we apologized, we gave you the wrong fact or figure, we misled, we're correcting it. They, they are tone deaf in a way that you would expect somebody who's been in Washington for 50 years to not be. At right. least play the game, say the lingo. But it's, it's, it's very sad for the country, very regrettable for the country, but it should be turned around fairly swiftly. You know, I'm glad you said that because this is one of the most remarkable things to me is uh, President Trump had multiple chiefs of staff, and this president has Ron Klain, who, for a guy who's been in Washington for 50 years, and Ron Klain worked for Janet Reno, worked for Al Gore, worked for Joe Biden, the vice president, now as president. I'm stunned, one, by the lack of basic humility that most politicians at least will convey publicly, whether they're humble or not, and two, the, the lack of ability to figure out where the voters are in the country right now. Yes, it shouldn't be that difficult to figure out, but here's what I think has happened, Eric. 
The 74 million voters who went for Trump-Pence in 2020 are so misunderstood by the left, really by the centrists in the Democratic Party. Why? Because they don't respect them. We're really only a couple of degrees different from Hillary denouncing them as deplorable and irredeemable. Two very awful statements to describe your fellow Americans. But they never really understand them. You know, the Democratic pollsters apologized twice. They had this en masse apology twice. First, after the 2016 election for missing the Trump voter and the Trump zeitgeist in victory. And then second, in 2020, they said they predicted Biden's victory, but they missed the strength of the Trump voter. So any way you slice it, they are losing swaths of America, losing the opportunity to get to know the aspirations, the frustrations, the recommendations of large swaths of America just because they don't like them or they look down upon them. Look, the gift of my professional life, Eric, and you know this because we've known each other for years in the conservative movement, the gift of my professional life was to literally get on a plane and go figure out how it was playing in Peoria, what they were listening to in Lubbock. I worked in all 50 states on projects, sitting across from people in focus groups, pouring over polling data. And the essential wisdom of Americans is gratifying and satisfying. It's something more politicians should listen to. But instead of listening to Americans, they're sort of laughing at them day by day. I, it's a strategy I don't understand. I think it's why you see Joe Biden endorsed candidates who are fairly moderate Democrats, if there's such a thing these days, being beaten or being close to beaten by some of these radical, more socialist kind of candidates being put up with by Warren and the squad and, and, and Bernie Sanders. So he's got a big problem in his own party, can't mollify the left, the hard left fast enough to keep them happy, can't seem to convince the rest of us that he's capable of unity or he's capable of bipartisanship or he's capable of competence. Well, yeah, okay. So I'm glad you say this because this this gets into where you and I first met. You were a pollster and a focus grouper within the conservative movement. I kept showing up at meetings, and, and here's this brilliant lady on stage explaining the way things were, making predictions that people in the room sometimes scoffed at, and was always typically right. And you you learn how to read people and poll, and it seems like one that industry generally is, is somewhat broken. I mean, when you look in Georgia, uh, Fox News had had Kemp winning on Tuesday at 60%. He won at about 75%. And a lot of pollsters were predicting maybe a 51% win. All of the polling out there seems to be so screwed up. And in particular, I thought it was notable back in 2020 that the Democrats were convinced this massive blue wave was upon us. All their pollsters <laughs> said this blue wave was upon us. And actually, they nearly lost the House of Representatives. And now they're like, well, polling's broken and we don't know why. Well, they, they need to get into a new line of work where they're not the ones helping to break it. Look, the quality of a poll really depends on three or four things. One is, what it, who is in your sample? Are you talking to likely voters? And if you're talking to likely voters, Eric, I like to point out the worst way to find out if somebody's a likely voter is to ask them the question, are you likely to vote? <laughs> Sounds intuitive, <laughs> but you have to give people a comfortable out so that they're expressing to you who they are, not who they wish to be or what you would think they wish to be. And so ask people, you know, some people in the area think that their vote doesn't count or they're too busy with work, school and family, or um, they're just sick and tired of both parties. Do you ever feel this way yourself? Doesn't mean you won't vote, but it does give you this comfortable out that then I think a good pollster can examine. The other thing that's going on is it's the science part, but it's also the art part. I think the art part has gotten really bad where you're asking people, you know, ridiculously sim- oversimplified questions and then pretending you can make policy of it. What do I mean? Oh, do you support or oppose protecting the environment? Uh, 82% support protecting the environment. And then John Kerry swoops in and says, therefore, we have to get rid of cows and gas and cows that make gas. You know, that is not what the question asked. 
the question asked, do you support or oppose protect the environment? Yes, I like chocolate chip cookies and I like puppies and fires on a cold winter's <laughs> night. So I think the responsibility in many different ways, and by the way, pollsters should do two things more often. Number one, Eric, is say, I don't know. I don't know. We didn't ask that question. I don't have good visibility into that. Here's what I think based on cobbling together other data. We'll ask that next time. First of all, say, I don't know, and start accepting I don't know as an answer. When an American tells you, I don't know, I'm not sure, stop pushing them. Well, which way do you lean? If you had a guess, if you had to decide now, if I had a gun to share, no. They just told you, I don't know. You know what, Eric? I don't know is a very rich, deep insight. Then you, as the policymaker, or as a candidate, or as a radio show host and you know conservative media star uh, franchise, God bless you, um, enterprise, then you say, okay, you know what? People don't know. There's information underload on the following three topics. For all the information overload, we all suffer constantly. There's information underload on these three topics. I'm going to be the guy who goes and tells them what they need to know. So there are so many smart ways to use polling that have nothing to do with predicting horse races. The horse race question is the least interesting to me because it's the one most apt to change over time, but it's the one everybody's obsessed with. Take a moment, everyone, to look at the rest of the poll, the questions that are being asked. i got to tell you, it is the mainstream media's polls right now, Eric, that are the worst yes. for Joe Biden. The worst, ABC, NBC, Washington Post, CNN. They're actually the worst for him. They're asking questions that are meaningful. They'll probably have to stop soon. But, you know, basically their polls show America has lost confidence in Joe Biden's competence. They don't think he's up for the job. And, yes, I know everybody looks at him and thinks um, deficits, physical deficits or mental deficits. Let me tell you something. Our politics is about telling people what they don't know, what they can't see, not what they can see. People can already see that. Make sure people understand what the consequence of policies have been. Make sure they remember Afghanistan. Make sure this guy does not have so many people talking about his physical or mental state that we create sympathy and excuse for him. He should be made to eat and own every because they've been terrible. Now, listen, I, 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 I'm afraid I'm, I've done you a mild disservice here because I, I just I enjoy talking to you so much about all these things. And, and you've written this book and I, I, I have only just started. And I was a little bit frustrated that I, I wasn't able to get into it before then. But I do have to ask you about I mean, the book is here's the deal. And uh, first of all, if there's one thing you want people to take away, because I've been kind of frustrated almost by the tabloidist coverage that that you and your book have gotten, as opposed to the, the, the deep substance within it. In your story, what do you want people to take away from it? Well, thanks for asking. I don't think I take away from it that I'm a, a very lucky person, a very blessed woman whose American dream path has been unique and been filled with burdens and blessings, but it's also a very common story. And what I want them to take away from it is professional-wise, we have to figure out what it is people want and start listening to them again. Voters have a distinct way of telling us what they want, we don't tell them. And what I do in the book is I, I have a whole poll, a whole tutorial on polling. I have a whole matter of, you know, where does the country go next in a Biden presidency for someone who got a massive number of votes for President Trump, who got the highest number of votes of the sitting president. But where do we go from there? Eric, where do we go with the 200% plus increase in turnout in Georgia? What does it mean? Well, first of all, it means that people do have faith in elections. They still see it as their civic duty, their constitutional right, but also their ability their voice and their choice, their ability to affect change and to make sure some ideas prevail and others fail. The other thing I say in the book is I, I really try to toughen people up, stiffen the spine a little bit. Don't worry about all this wokeness. God made you. I'm a very religious person. God made you, and whoever God made, no man or woman can cancel. 
And remember that. Don't let anybody make you feel sorry without your permission. You know, they can't do it without your permission. So far, I'm not granting it to a single soul. But I, I think if you read this book, you find somebody who's been at this for decades and decades and decades. And what have we found over time? I go right after the, the Republican consultancy. I call it staff infection. I call it a walking RICO violation. I talk about the male. I talk to the non-feminist, the post-feminist, the male-dominated Republican consultancy always makes sure their friends get a seat on the gravy train mm-hmm. and who blame the candidates after the candidates lose. Candidates lose, consultants always win. And this is what I want people to know, that Donald Trump did a couple of things with politics that are transformative, and I don't think as a nation we should go back. What are they? Well, number one, it's taking the message directly to the people. You can't campaign by Zoom. You can't campaign remotely. You've got to go where the people are. Talk to their local uh, newspapers and, and media outlets and radio stations. You've got to take it based directly to them. Um, secondly, I think what Trump did is very important, President Trump, is the democratization of information. So if you don't like his tweets, that's okay. But give him his due. He, he democratized information that he received free of charge and instantly a presidential communication, whether you're a billionaire, CEO, the carpenter on the job, the stay-at-home on the college student. You, there was a certain transparency and a certain, and a certain um, forthrightness. And just saying, this is what we're doing today. This is what we're working on. Of course, not all of them were created equally, but he did transform that. And then I also think um, that, that money is important, but, but it's not the most important thing in politics. Trump had about, we had about a third of the resources in 2016 than they had in 2020. In 2016, we had hunger and swagger. And we had people saying, you can't do that. Underdog, under, understaffed, underestimated. That was very much, I think that was, that's very much the American way. And come 2020, I mean, they, they had so much money, they proved that all that is to be true, that if you have a very large fortune and waste most of it, you end up with a small fortune. I say this to you for a very simple reason. Don't worry if you're supporting, or indeed you are, the candidate who has fewer resources or less experience or this endorsement or that non-endorsement. You, the, the, you're only, the only endorsement you really need is of the people. The only resources you really need is you and your ability to show that you have integrity and that you are and humility and you've got a vision and a plan for them. And I think the other thing that we changed turned on its head, and I'm hearing a little bit too much about electability right now for my comfort, Eric. Uh, I think it's a terrible Killian, term. Killian, I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to interrupt you there. They're telling Go. me I, the computer's about to throw us off of here into a commercial break. So I, I got to leave you there. Thank Absolutely. You. It's good to talk to you. Kellyanne Conway, uh, here's the deal is her book. Um, hate to interrupt her uh, and cut her off, but the computer's going to cut us off. And I've got to tell you guys about Patriot Mobile before I go to this commercial break as well. Patriot Mobile should be your cell phone provider, helping candidates around the country who are conservative and conservative causes. If you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, you can sign up with Patriot Mobile. You can get free activation. Uh, you can get great discounts. They've got great coverage around the country. You can see their maps at patriotmobile.com. You can also call them patriotmobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT with 100% U.S.-based customer service. We've got 30 seconds. Went along with Kellyanne Conway. Her book is Here's the Deal. It's available at Amazon or your local bookseller. When we come back, we got to shift gears a little more out there. The parental uprising in education happening around this country. Pretty significant uh, revolt from parents out there I want to tell you about. I've been keeping an eye on. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.